0: Welcome to Sincerely Two Imperfect Therapists, a podcast where we discuss boundaries, money stories, healing within relationships, the therapeutic process, social justice from both the therapist and the client perspective, and the nuances of the human condition. While we may not have all the answers, we use our expertise and personal experiences to guide our discussions that we hope spark curiosity and reflection within yourself. Please note, this is a podcast that's not intended for supervision, therapy, or guidance for your individual needs. Rather, we intend to raise awareness on important topics. We do our best to provide content warnings, though, if any topics are upsetting to you, please seek local emergency support. Hi, everyone. If you could take a few moments to rate, review, and subscribe, it would certainly help out the show and helps you stay up to date on the latest episodes. On with the show. So today, I have Carson Pirelli with me, who has been a previous guest on the show and is a very, very dear friend of Aida and I. As she has left and gone on to her maternity leave, we have very exciting news because she had a beautiful, healthy baby girl last weekend, and she is doing well. She is taking her time to rest and recover, and we are so excited for her. So congratulations to Aida. How are you, Carson?
1: I'm doing great, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I feel like it's so interesting because Aida and I have done this, just mostly the two of us, for so long. And gosh, almost like 10 months now and now you're here and I love it well it's just like a different perspective it's like having a client you
1: build that rapport you guys know you can go back and forth and now it's like hello whole new client (laughs) yeah Yeah, basically you know I could talk
0: so we'll be fine yes (laughs) and this is like going out to dinner with each other I feel like (laughs) um so as you know we always start off with a question so I have a question for you if you had to wear an outfit every day for the rest of your life what would it be
1: this exact one the I'm in right room. now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Can you describe that to us?
1: It's a t-shirt that is either going to be white, brown, or black. So let's, let's just do... I love the one I'm in. We're in a tan t-shirt. <laughs> we got a tan flannel with some brown in it. We got brown yoga pants love the it. new generation would call them flare leggings you oh know? my god um, <laughs> but yoga pants and just some comfy sneakers hell yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I love that comfort all the way all day do you practice in that outfit do you like see clients in that yeah, outfit sometimes. I love that no I love that <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it before on the podcast but I feel like being able to dress just however you are is So relatable and important for clients to come in and feel safe. I mean, certainly kudos to the people who are willing to wear three piece suits to their private practice jobs, but it just, that's not it for me.
1: (laughs) If I was like, honestly, I think it also has to do with my clientele. Like, if I was in, you know, Westport, I probably would be putting on dresses or a skirt or something like that all day. And like, just because like that is that community and it would be, who they are, who I am. A little but more
0: wealthy. Yeah,
1: that's, that's why I'm yeah. in. I'm chilling in North Haven with my yeah. <laughs> friends that like yoga pants.
0: Yeah, Good old New Haven County. We just mm-hmm. keep it casual here. Um, I would agree. I so it's funny because when I was in kindergarten, my mom used to always joke that I was like one of those cartoons that you go through the closet and you just see the same outfit over and over, because I my classic go-to outfit was blue jeans and a white t-shirt. It's and classic. if that's what it I is. could wear, I would just, like, it's versatile. I feel like I love jeans. I, they're maybe not the most comfy necessarily, but I feel like I like jeans. Like, I'm comfortable in jeans.
1: I actually talk about my wardrobe a lot with my clients. Because, do you really? Yes, because it's called a capsule closet is what I do. Oh. So it's actually got a name to it, and it does help, especially for my clients with autism or oh. with, like, any overstimulation like that they have. It is you have three main colors you play off of and mine is white brown and black and so all your basic pieces have that color and so and then you have so your shirts and your pants it's blue jeans it's black pants it's um you know yoga pants that are brown white or black and then your over stuff will have plaid on it or some type of like cheetah print like you get to pick it and so Every, it's much easier to get dressed in the morning and be confident when you know every outfit is going to fit and look good on you. And you have multiple. my life has been changed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I, I, and it's totally like, I find Even your it. hat cute is brown. It. No, it's all my hats are brown, white, or black. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's really, it looks scary when you go into my closet because it's like, what is this? Like, are you in a cult? Like, what's going on? And it's like, no, it's just this makes my brain easier every well, morning because then
0: you like at the very least you know you just need pants and the top and maybe something warm to go over the top of your Correct. top like but if you know that they're all naturally just going to match you're not worrying about does this blue go with this blue or does that green go with that green Correct. or like it's this pattern clash with that texture like it's it just all
1: makes sense and like as you get better at it you can like huh. add in a little bit more color but like to start it's cheaper that way because it's just like I, I could wear this exact shirt with a darker one of a flannel with black pants, and there's another outfit I could wear this with a different undershirt, same pants. You know, it's yeah, you can like really I mix and match. Got like twenty outfits. With that's so one crazy piece. to me,
0: Carson, because I've always admired your fashion sense, and I feel like <laughs> now I does just it make sense? my mind has been blown. Like <laughs> that may... and do you feel like that's something that like when you t- bring that to the attention of your clients that they like take that and run with it or they just a lot of, like oh, yeah okay whatever I
1: had one client that literally came like she always wore clothes that wasn't like they just didn't fit right or just didn't fit her in general like not even just the fit but like I would look at her and I'm like it just she looks disheveled right and I told her about it she went and did a Sheehan haul <laughs> and ever since then she comes in she's like do you like my outfit I'm like, yeah she's like I feel so good in it like I did it from the capsule huh. closet I'm like okay and then she'll come in again and like she just looks more put together huh and yeah
0: I bet she feels better too like with that not that well I mean I think it's undeniable that we naturally feel better especially for like our depressed clients like we naturally feel better when we look good we feel look good feel good yeah
1: yeah and like how depressing is it when you wake up and you try on three different outfits oh and you don't like not one of them it's like yeah that will start a day wrong
0: yeah no i so actually it's interesting about that and this is not what we intended to talk about but um <laughs> knew this I, when i got, when i got pregnant i fit into my my regular clothes for quite a while and then probably around like 14 weeks i started like my jeans started to not fit like my clothes started to like be a little too tight like I just and it was like this weird awkwardness of like do I look bloated or do I look pregnant Mm -hmm. and I was trying really hard not to buy maternity clothes because they're so freaking expensive for no reason and I'm gonna wear them only for a few months when I'm like massive and then I just had to tell myself like I'm just going to buy them like I'm just gonna buy a couple pairs of maternity leggings a couple pairs of maternity jeans and a couple of like really oversized like maternity sweaters or just things that I can like wear even after And I felt so much better about myself. I didn't feel like Adam Sandler walking into my office.
1: (laughs) Well, I say that to clients all the time, like when they're either gaining or losing weight and they're like, I want to fit into this. I want, and it's like, just buy the one pair of jeans. It's not worth being uncomfortable. It's not worth trying on pants that don't fit every day. You're going to literally screw with your mind. It's going to be terrible.
0: And you'll actually look and feel better in the size that fits you, that Mm -hmm. actually fits you than trying to cram your body into something that doesn't fit yes yeah that's that was also life changing for me like a while ago where I realized like I just needed to buy bigger jeans. Yes. Just buy bigger jeans, Laura. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Shout out
1: to my sister in law. She's like so tiny, and yeah. so now that she is popping because she's also pregnant, I texted her and I was like, "Do you want some of my sweater dresses? Like, yes, you'll fit in my clothes because I'm a bit <laughs> thicker, you know." So like, uh, you know, I was offering her. I gave her some dresses, and then I had another colleague that. Needed a wedding dress and she's eight months pregnant. So I put her in like one of my flowy bridesmaids dresses. And it's like, you got to do that too. Like, don't be afraid to ask people for, yeah. you know, clothing. If yeah. yours are just not fitting right.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'll put you in clothes. Yeah, you, that. You, you did tell me that. I I'm going to be wearing probably one of your dresses to my baby shower, which I love. I can, I'll
1: can't. i bring it next week yeah, so you could awesome. try it out. <laughs>
0: um, so the, the topic that we actually wanted to talk about today um, was about books and this is kind of a general topic I suppose but I think that there's so many different directions that it can go and it comes up for me in all sorts of different frameworks like in most primarily in the sense that like how that has shifted how my work with books specifically like therapist resources and client books has shifted throughout my career like at first it started out as being like very workbook oriented like I had the dbt workbook and mm-hmm. I had this workbook and a trauma and anxiety phobia workbook and I don't think I they're still on my bookshelf still in my office but I don't think I've touched those books since like my internship years <laughs> like I bought them all and was like I'm gonna use these for life I haven't touched them
1: they are so much more compatible with agency work I feel yeah. like and like higher level of care where it's like yeah you don't even know where to start with some of those people that it's right. like, let's just start with a worksheet right? <laughs> or kids. Like DBT yeah. groups with kids, workbooks are like
0: your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: nowadays, I, my clients would probably look at me and laugh.
0: If I sent them home with a worksheet, absolutely. Or if I pulled out a worksheet to like do in session, they would be like, uh... Okay. <laughs> so now I, I
1: secretly do it. Like they don't even know yes. it's like a worksheet. I'll be like, okay, well, let's do this, this, and this on your notepad at home. And they're like, yeah, great. Okay. Love this. But imagine if I handed them a piece of paper, they'd be like. I
0: used to do that all the time. They'd
1: be like, get out of my face.
0: <laughs> I used to do that all the time. So I feel like I, but I, because I did that, I feel like I've taken, like what you said, like I've taken some of that information. It's just stayed with me. Like all the therapist aid worksheets and stuff, like those have stuck with me and so now I can kind of just run through them like even with my clients just in session we can talk about like okay let's go down the the list of you know whatever we're basically just a dbt
1: cbt worksheet walking
0: walking (laughs) worksheets (laughs) um but so now what do you feel like your work like how has that shifted for you like how do you utilize like reading material with your clients
1: I would say there's a few like books that are just I talk about with every client the um the body keeps the score
0: by Bessel van der Kolk
1: huge like I have had so many copies and I just like (laughs) transition them to so many different clients, Um, and they'll bring it back and so that one is a little bit harder to read so like I have to make sure like the people I'm giving it to are at. That level of reading because some people yeah. don't want to read research, well, they just that's, don't. That's the thing is that, like,
0: <laughs> it almost depends on what your client is receptive to. Like, mm-hmm. some, like, I work with a lot of people who are very left brained and like very intellectual and research based. And so, for them, that's like, give me all the research, right? Like, that's yes. gonna like fuel them up and be validating for them. But then, I also work with like a lot of creatives and like deep feelers and people who like just Want to know that their story is similar to somebody else's. So, like, are you looking for something research based and statistical, or are you looking for like narrative and like more of a memoir? Which actually, I have a recommendation for because I was looking for it specifically. I I look like a crazy person because I've got all these like tabs. I've annotated the shit out of it. Um, But it's What My Bones Know by Stephanie Fu. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but I remember. I had somebody that I wanted to recommend a book to and I knew that they were not going to be receptive to like the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because when I said, I said, I think I have a book that you and I might want to read together. And they were like, oh, I think I know what it is. And I said, you do? They're like, is the cover blue? I said, well... Yes, the cover's blue, but I don't think it's the book that you're thinking of. (laughs) And it turned out that they were anticipating that it was The Body Keeps the Score. And they were surprised. And it actually ended up being such a, a great book for us to read. But when you've recommended The Body Keeps the Score, what's been like the feedback that you've gotten?
1: So I've only ever given it to the clients that like need the explanation of like, why am I triggered at this slightest thing that I shouldn't be triggered at? Right. And like The Body Keeps the Score does really good at explaining like the there's certain parts of it that I'm really like, you need to read this page to this page right. as well. And it's it's when it speaks about um, how when you have trauma, it's like someone hit a fire alarm with a bat. Mm-hmm. And so it's going off for just steam instead of smoke and a fire. So it's like you're internal fire alarms going off at the wrong time. So right. I definitely do it for more people that are struggling with the trauma and not understanding why they're bugging out at things that weren't even the trauma to begin with. Right. Um, and those are also the people that I only give it to when there's like they need the proof. The proof is in the pudding and like right. that's what I give it to. Um, if it's someone that I know is not going to be able to sit through the education part of it because a lot of my clients yeah. come in and want the education yeah like, they are highly educated humans and they're like this is how I know to learn things that's how we know right. peer reviewed articles we read a yes. million of them um
0: that they find the the data and the research more validating than and like somebody's almost. anecdotal experience yes yeah.
1: yes and then so that's um do you remember the Schopenhauer yeah the Schopenhauer,
0: Schopenhauer Scho- cure Scho- yeah Schopenhauer
1: cure like that one's more of like
0: That was by Yalom, right?
1: Yes, and it was going through like, oh, this is how people like group therapy, right? Right. And it's like, so I could sit here and tell you how group therapy is or you can sit and read how amazing group therapy is. And so that's kind of like someone I would give that to. I would not give Body Keeps the Score because they are not the same.
0: That's so interesting. You know, it's so funny I forgot about that book. Um, And it's interesting because we read that alongside – in our graduate program we read that alongside like a group therapy textbook Mm -hmm. and I remember more resonating more and like retaining more information from the Schopenhauer cure than I did from like the group therapy textbook because for me like stories and storytelling and narratives are what stick rather than like when Columbus sailed the ocean blue you know like I don't remember that (laughs) shit like and I don't really care about Columbus anyway um (laughs) But it that's what resonates for me. So like when I read What My Bones Know, like that was something that was like, it clicked. Like the Body Keeps the Score, as much as I love tra- like love working with trauma and love learning about trauma, it was dr- so dry for me. Like it's just like-
1: I tell people to skip the first All of the these statistics chapter. are getting so yeah. muddied.
0: And like it, I can't keep track of like what's what.
1: So that's about knowing your client. Like right. you said, you knew your client would enjoy this type of book. It's right. all, that is where the thing, like knowing your clients- yeah. That's the only time you should be giving out books. You yeah. should not be giving out a book the first time meeting no, a client. Oh, no. And I think that's worth saying is like yeah. I'm giving out books to clients that I have seen for I would say minimum six months. Right. right. Like I one, I know that you're capable of handling someone yes. else's property, but also that you're actually <laughs> wanting to be in therapy and yeah. be helped.
0: And like knowing you as a person is helpful because I've recommended what my bones know to a number of people. And there have been some clients where I've been able to just be like, hey, go read this. It, I think you'll find it helpful. Whereas for other people, I've been deliberate about let's read chapters together. Like mm-hmm. we're going to read chapters one through four and we're going to come back and talk about it. And then that way I know that I can keep kind of some of that information, especially if they're in a place where like their window of tolerance isn't very um, expanded and they are get triggered very easily like it can be a book that's both validating but also reading about somebody's story can be triggering and so i want to make sure that we're kind of taking that in bite-sized pieces um and that's something that i've enjoyed but certain it really depends on the client so like what you're saying about like knowing your client is important because if some people where like i'll give them a book and they'll read it over the weekend and come back and be like it was great what's the next one yes correct (laughs) um Whereas I have other people where like they really appreciate and uh, and get by with that mutual support of like, we're reading this together. We're talking about yeah. what you liked, what you didn't like, what surprised you, what interests you, therapy what you think club. is going to happen. Yeah, literally, there are people at club with my clients. Plus, selfishly, it's also a great way for me to learn to read new books because yeah. I don't always read clinical books on my free time. Correct. So it's a great – like, we're going to read this together. And I've never read it before either, so yeah. let's go through it together. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah.
1: I, I have another book. Um, It's called How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. Ooh. And it I wouldn't give it to someone that I knew was, like, openly Catholic or openly, like, religious okay. because it does talk about, like – your soul and like what is mm. it the sh- chakras I never know how, oh, sure. how to say right game. Like um, yes like
0: Re- <laughs> I don't know how to say any yes, of these yes, things yes. like
1: something along like that yeah. it talks a lot about that stuff so like I also have to know like okay my clients need to be open to this like sure. you have to know like are they going to recept that like receive this or is it going to be like this is right. too much like I'm not into that right are all. they
0: like woo spiritual or are they like organizational religions Correct. spiritual <laughs> like which which spiritual are they um that's such a good, a good point. and I feel like that's true beyond books like I feel like that's true with a lot of our clients like just knowing um those cultural pieces because it's like that spiritualness can be in direct conflict if we're talking through like a general spirituality versus like a religion, spirituality, which would be, that's also a great topic for a different day. <laughs> right, that's <after. laughs> yes, Yes, yes. Um, I'm wondering for you, because I know that you have worked um, with a lot of different populations, but you have a specific special interest in like LGBTQ. Have you um, read any books or like material that's like specific to that?
1: So I've had parents that have been for and against their youth. Mm-hmm. And so they have given me books that are for and against. Interesting. And so it's very hard with that because they're – since it's still such a new openly talked about topic, yeah. I find a lot of books being biased. Okay. And so I haven't found one that I find is like – Giving the middle ground, sure. if that makes sense. It's like sense. I've right. only read ones that are like, I wanted to see how aggressive these books were getting sure. that my clients' parents were reading. Sure. And then I've read ones that were like so leftist that I'm like,
0: they're not going to be open to hearing This is crazy. That.
1: Sure. Like we, where is this middle of like, let's talk about the mental health right in lgbtq and not just being like you need to transition or you need to detrain like that's what i'm getting and
0: interesting i didn't realize it was so polarized as far as like literature goes
1: it is insane and then there's the research (laughs) sure and then it's like who's (laughs) who's running this research right Right. because this could be backed up by politics so it's like i don't even
0: well and we know that like confirmation bias is very real yeah and so and well, and it's interesting because when we talk, think about like working with parents and teenagers, and this goes beyond just LGBTQ, but when we're working with parents and teenagers, it's important that we're sharing information with them in a way that is easily received. Like if you are working with somebody who is very anti trans, and they have a trans child or a non-binary child and you hand them something that is very pro-trans or pro-non-binary which might seem helpful who's to say that they'll be open to reading that type of like you want to find something that is going to open the door to like curiosity yes. and like open the door to conversation um in a curious way rather than like a like them feeling like it's being shoved down their throat kind of yeah. way and vice versa that goes in all directions and all sorts of I mean even with trauma and healing and like the work that I do with teens and their parents often centered around like difficulties in parenting and attachment and childhood like how am I presenting that information to parents in a way that that isn't shaming but also can be received to a point where they can accept accountability for how they've impacted their kids yeah correct because it's
1: I don't even think like I had the parents and I was like even just having these books in the presence of your kids, like that could be bad. Like,
0: right, like, like why is my child fucked up? Book by blah 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 blah.
1: Oh, <laughs> <they>, uh, what? <laughs> even if you don't feel that way, like, right, let's not have that out on right. the desk that you're reading. Like, right. um, and I think that goes for these books that we're also talking about. Um, it's like some clients might feel weird about having it. Is that the what is this? Oh, yellow one. This is,
0: have? um, Sometimes therapy is awkward. This is by Nicole Arts.
1: Okay. Because that's the thing is like some people might not want to read something like that in public because it's like it says therapy on it. Right. So it's like with the LGBTQ ones, I feel like it's also hard. Like a lot of the book covers are like sure. screaming that it's LGBTQ. Right. And it's like. And if they're
0: exploring gender identity, like maybe they're not ready to announce to the public bus that they're.
1: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, um, Kindle helps with that. You oh, know, having yeah. like a Kindle and stuff like that. But um
0: But you can even get like the Kindle app on your phone. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's like it's so hard to because I'm not just gonna like hand someone this and it's screaming like <laughs> I'm gay. You know? Right. It's like right. I, some people don't want to deal with I'm that. I'm exploring
0: so. my sexuality. Exactly. Yeah.
1: giant rainbows everywhere. I, one of them was and I was like, this like people could judge that real quick. Sure. So
0: and if you're not at a place where you're comfortable being out or you're like only out to certain people that mm-hmm. that would be really complicated especially in yeah. like with your parents that's so I'm glad that you brought that up because actually like I'm like a diehard for this book can you tell with what my bones know when I recommended it to one of my clients um what I had done is I let her know I was like that like your parents don't need to know if you need to hide it to keep it in your backpack mm-hmm. keep it in your school bag what have you if you need to read it like at night when they've gone to bed that's fine. It's not that the content is necessarily like something her parents would be opposed to, but just in the sense that, like, I know for my client, is a particularly like there's still a lot of shame, right? So it's like making sure that they know that they don't have to read it out in public. This also, it's because it's a memoir. It looks a little bit more. It like, looks
1: like one of the Colleen like, Hoover books. Yes, it honestly, does. it, it does. looks like it's like <laughs> yeah. a. It's got a like love flowers story. and stuff. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, but something like as bright and yellow as like sometimes therapy awkward is awkward, which is a great book, um, is maybe like a little bit less inconspicuous. Because <laughs> that
1: looked like, um, you know the book, You Are a Badass? Yes. And whatever. Yeah. It's like even that like books like that I think are really great for clients too because they're just like very inspiring and like they're yeah. basic. Like they definitely are at the basic level of like self-care, self-love, like you got this. But like. That's also like a yellow book screaming, you are a badass on the front of it. Like some people are going to be like, I look stupid with this. Right. Right. So like, it's like, there's so many different ways our clients could be like, yeah, no, I'm good.
0: Yeah. I'm all (laughs) set.
1: Like, I don't want to do that.
0: That's where I feel. I'm glad that you brought up Kindle because that's actually not something that occurred to me when it comes to like work because I'm a, a... I'll sometimes read on like my Kindle, but I'm always I always love like paper back and like paper books, like real books. Um but I didn't think about the fact that like recommending even if I have a paper copy, like recommending a Kindle copy. Because then you're not giving too, out your, a lot your copy. Of cheaper, right. Like, yeah. and then they can read on their phone, they can read at any time, like if they're commuting to work or whatever, yeah. like they get to be able to be like nobody then nobody knows nobody you yeah. can be much more discreet about it if that's something that's important
1: and then going on with that is i always tell clients start with just 10 pages a night yeah like because they get overwhelmed they're like well when do you want me to read this by like what like i don't think i could do it i'm like just commit to 10 pages just yeah. literally just start every night 10 pages make it part of your routine Right. Which is another one of the books that I give out. It's the 5 a.m. Club. Have you ever heard oh, of that? no. Okay. So I read the 5 a.m. Club when I was doing 75 Hard.
0: I wondered if you were getting the 10 pages thing for yes, 75 Hard. Yes, which I
1: would love to talk about that one day, like extreme, mm-hmm. extreme things like that because I am not in favor of it by any means, and I'm glad mm. I did it for myself to be like, here are my results, and it was not well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is one thing I got out of it. Of like the ten pages was so easy because yeah. once I, sometimes I really didn't want to read in ten pages. I was like, okay, let's just get it. Yeah. And then sometimes I'd start it and then I'd be like three chapters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I read the Five A.M. Club and while I don't think everyone needs to get up at five A.M., I think the process of making a routine and how yeah. important that is that they talk about in the book is something I want people to read it's like this is what happens when you pick five things to do in the morning your day is going to be different Mm -hmm. everyone's five things can look differently right one of those five things can literally be brushing your teeth (laughs) like when I say do a routine it does not mean like you need to get up and do three hours of a workout
0: right I'm gonna work out and then I'm gonna read a book and then I'm gonna cook myself a gourmet breakfast (laughs) literally
1: we don't need to do any of that like
0: like maybe it's washing your face and brushing your teeth. Because that's enough. And getting dressed. <laughs> I always
1: loved it. And that book talk, talks about like bare minimum. This yeah. is what I do every single day. Like that is another book I give out a lot is anything to do with routines. Like yeah. I have books that like give good outlines of like this is what successful people do to line up their day basically.
0: Yeah. It sounds similar to – I think it's – and I don't remember the author, but it's similar to I think Atomic Habits – have you read that? I don't think so. It's That goes more into like kind of some of the science behind the routines and the patterns that we fall into and get set into and like how to kind of break out of certain patterns to create new like routines or I'm um, just like what it takes into like creating a habit yeah. to make something a practice. Because that's something I talk to like all my very left-brained clients about where it's like they see things like we'll talk about these bigger concepts of like self-compassion or self-esteem or self, you know, confidence. And they're like, okay, that's a goal to achieve. That's a box to check. Like, when am I going to get there? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is a daily practice, like positive self-talk. That's a daily practice. It's not Mm -hmm. a goal that you achieve. And then suddenly it's just something you do. It's a daily practice. And then over time it gets integrated and it becomes more natural to do those things that like you start out doing po- positive affirmations in the mirror yeah and then sooner or later that becomes more natural to talk to yourself that way yeah that it's not like after 10 days of positive affirmations you're gonna feel 10 times better about yourself yeah right? it's like yeah well, so
1: and with I think with books we should also talk about giving out recommendations of podcasts yeah because I do that a lot and then I started questioning myself of am I sending two direct podcasts, podcasts to people like I sent one and I was like, is this calling out my client? And then so I got nervous that maybe are my books doing that too? Mm. Like am I handing someone the body keeps the score and being like, you're so traumatized. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like that made me nervous. I
0: think I think though that like comes down. I think what that brings up though is like such important work therapeutically. So what I'll share is I put um, – there's a – book I thought I grabbed it but it's The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie and I give that one out so much it's around codependency and whatnot but I give it out so much because I feel like it's so it's very much related around like letting go of control like and about self-acceptance and self-healing and knowing kind of where our boundaries are but I have to always preface it like when I'm handing it out I'm like I'm not saying that you're codependent. I'm not saying that codependency is even inherently bad. I'm giving you this resource because I find that the daily meditations are great. There's also a Mm -hmm. lot of religion tied into it because it's based in a 12-step program. So then I'm like, take the little parts that say God and insert whatever you resonate with. It doesn't have to be God. If it's universe, help me today be more positive, then that's what works for you. If you just admit that part, that's okay too. But I think... Because I've had people that'll come back and be like, I don't think this suits me at all. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's fine. What didn't you like about it? Like, I think that it offers such a fruitful conversation. Like, if they come back and they're like, wait a minute, I don't think that that's me.
1: (laughs) And then it's like, and then as a therapist, you're like, that's great. That helps me even more understand you then. Like, let's talk about what you believe isn't like you, right? right? And then I could say how I perceive some things you right. know and we can have that conversation. Like where I was coming from when I made yeah. this
0: recommendation. Yeah have, I mean have you had that happen where you've had or has that just been like a thought in the back of your mind of like oh god I hope they don't think I'm making insinuations about them. So
1: that has to do more with the podcast. Um, sure. So I love Huberman Labs. I don't know if you've ever listened to it. I don't think so. He is so. the head of Stanford Labs and he's a neuroscience dude and he's amazing. I could sit down and listen to him for hours, and Nick sits there, and he's like, I don't even know what this dude is saying right now, okay? And I'm like – and I'll explain it. He's like, oh, that's great. Why didn't he just say it like that? And I'm like, you know, you're right. And so it's like, like with that, like I'll send it, and they'll be like, I have no idea what this person's talking about. So huh. then they're like – they kind of feel weird of like, I didn't understand him, oh. like, Am I not smart? Am I not this? So then, I'll send them something like "Call her daddy," okay? Which, listen, the beginning of "Call her daddy" was chaotic. She's a mastermind. She sold sex. It was great—not sold sex, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. sex sells. Um, now it's very therapy based. Now, it's interesting. She, her mom's a social worker. Oh. So now she's doing. She brought a lot of therapists on, like famous therapists and famous couples therapists, and so like. <laughs> I'll send it to my clients to be like, listen to this one, right? Yes. So then they're like, you want me to listen to a podcast called Caller Daddy? <laughs> like and so ignore like, the, ignore yeah, the title. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I've had like, I've had like, like feedback that wise of like people sure. f- being like, is that how you look at me? Like, I would watch something like that or I would read something like that. Like,
0: yeah.
1: The body keeps the score. I had one kid come back going, I just can't get through the first chapter, so and I'm skip like, it. that's fine, so- skip it. Yeah, And it's like even teaching people that though, like they don't realize like they can do things how they want to do it. They don't need to sit here and like read front to back, right? So if you're not someone that's going to do that, come and I'll tell you this. I love that you have the tabs (laughs) that you could be like, well, this is very important to me, you know? like Go
0: look through all the blue tabs because those are important or whatever, yeah.
1: Correct. But then I've had other clients that are like, I'll send them like a couples therapist one from Caller Daddy and they'll write back and be like, I need to break up with my boyfriend like (laughs) I'm like "Mm, I'm not saying that but if you think that and the shoe fits cool like so I'll have like that's what you took
0: away from it then yeah
1: and it's like that's exactly
0: what I wanted them to take (laughs) away
1: from it um so I know it's working but that's really like the only like feedback pushback I get that's
0: interesting because that's almost the well it's the podcast form of like judging a book by its cover Mm -hmm. right that like you see these these covers and you're like oh no that doesn't seem like it fits me or you hear the podcast name and you're like "Mm, I don't know I'm not gonna listen to that which is interesting because honestly you've you've talked about call her daddy so many times and I personally have not listened to it because to me I'm just like I think of her early days which I knew and associated with being like very like just all about like being in your early 20s with like rambunctious and drinking like, and drinking this, and, and, the sex partying and, and sex. Yeah. And, all. and I was like, mm, that's not really the place I'm in my life anymore. But I feel like now I want to like go back <laughs> and be so, like, okay, Laura, like hold yourself to your own, you know, statement about not judging a book by a cover. So
1: this is the thing is like, if you look at the, you know, like evolution of Caller Daddy, it's, it's insane. She's actually has her own network now hmm. called the Unwell Network. Huh? Okay. So she has made a, whole brand around how we all feel about ourselves sometimes. Like, we feel like a mess. We feel unwell. Like, we are, you know…
0: Living in chaos, literally. Basically.
1: Like, we we are thriving in chaos, I would say, is what she basically makes that out of. And she is real and she's a hundred percent and i think as a therapist that's who i am as a therapist is like i am very like a hundred percent but she's also like such a business mogul so like sure she's doing live shows right now okay she's going and like performing for a few hours in front of a live audience okay that like person that gets up there isn't my favorite like she said she had like people like puking and like oh they were God. so drunk from pre-gaming like that's not the call our daddy I like sure the call our daddy I like is the ones that's sitting down and she's like the new age Oprah like sure. she's getting down and dirty with people well
0: that's what I feel like is speaking to me when I think of like when I hear you talking about this is that like when we're thinking about referring resources to our clients there's I would argue that there needs to be some sort of mindfulness about like Am I referring just kind of this anecdotal like yes. somebody gets on and like makes this their, po- their journal basically, mm-hmm. um, which could be validating in some fashion. And yet in my, in my mind, a lot of times what that can create is like an echo chamber. Like we're not really seeking outside opinion or outside support. And so like even something with like what my bones know, even though it's a memoir, she incorporates a lot of her, it's her therapy journey. So it's talking about things that she's heard from professionals, research that she's heard from professionals. She's incorporating that in a way into her story that's helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think about that even with like podcasts, like, okay, so this, she's, Transformed her podcast to a point of being like the New Age Oprah, but she's having very real professionals and experts coming onto the podcast who are able to speak to these issues, and she's able to take in like that human perspective, that like relatable. She's asking the questions that like everybody's thinking, I imagine, right? So,
1: well, well, what's wild is if you've you've literally have not listened. No, I've never listened to it. (laughs) So she'll bring in like Post Malone. Okay. Okay, she had Post Malone on. She goes. Let's start at your childhood. How are you the way you are? What happened in your childhood? She's like literally doing an intake. It's (laughs) wild. And I sit there and I'm like, this girl's good. And people feel comfortable because of the brand and that she has outed herself. They feel comfortable sharing it. Sure. And it's actually interesting because we do the opposite normally as therapists. like We don't out ourselves just to get them to open up. But she did that. She did that for almost two seasons of like – saying about her sex life her her dating life you know her mental health and all that stuff and now people feel comfortable coming to her and talking about the dark because they know it's a safe place sure that's what i like about call her daddy yeah now. i'm not like this groupie of like that's let's a- <laughs> get drunk with. like i'm more of a groupie of like she she's real says therapy do it she's like Everyone should do it at least once in their life. Like, she's an advocate for that. And she's someone that actually wants to hear why we have gotten to the scandals everyone wants to talk about. Sure. She wants to know the backstory.
0: That's interesting. It's, it reminds me of even like, well, it reminds me of a maybe different generational um, experience of like, uh, we can do hard things by Glennon Doyle, who she has a podcast and she she wrote a book um and does something very similar like they they'll have professionals on sometimes um but a lot of times it's she and her wife and her sister and they will just talk about like the messiness of life like they will start out with just a kind of this question or this like proposition of like what the fuck is going on in our world today with our children and then they'll just like blah, 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 and like go yeah. on about it and i So even though there's not always, like, that expert perspective, I think that, like, our clients can very much often benefit from those, like, very human, relatable experiences. I do just think that, like, we need to be careful about, like, almost feeling that out a little bit first. Like, if you haven't listened to it, like, maybe don't give the recommendation yet. Like, really get a feel for what the thing is. Or recommend, like, specific episodes. Like, if there's ones that speak versus just, like, generally, like, here's this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she used to do questions of the week and that's when people would write in questions and she would answer it. So and I always go, disclaimer, I do not agree with this. Like that sure. is not what I'm sending you this for. I literally will send, just like with a book, I'll be like, please listen to right 725 to 52 like these are the times I want you to listen to um I go you can listen to all of it but that's what I am telling you this is important for you yeah um and I think I do the same with books sometimes I'm like hey read this chapter and then come back to me like don't go anywhere else yet read just that chapter how you were saying like we're gonna read these chapters and come back because I think that's important too is like if we just send them on a tangent, who knows what will happen. Taking them
0: in chunks, right. Like, and that's why I try hard not to even recommend. Like, And this is where, like you had said, don't, you know, don't, try not to make a recommendation the first time you meet someone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if the first time you meet somebody, especially because a lot of times they come in and they're so eager to heal and they're like, give me all the, well, at least in my office, people come in and they're like, give me, all, give me all the answers. Like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Tell me everything. And I'm like, "Whoa, let's slow down. Please. Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't need to do it all at once. Um, And so not giving a million book recommendations all at once like not that I'm withholding that information but I know that if I give you six book recommendations those are just going to sit like you're not like where are you going to take those versus start here this is a good place to start and then going forward from that
1: do you ever ask your clients if they're reading any books
0: I do yeah and I have and that helps me feel out too like what is their learning style yeah because sometimes they'll say no I don't really read but I listen to a lot of podcasts and then that's like where I can pull from like okay now I'm gonna be looking for resources that are audio-based maybe it's an audiobook or maybe it's a podcast um but I do have quite a few that'll like come to me and be like I read this book it changed my life and I'm like oh what is that let me write that down (laughs) oh oh. (laughs) I'm also
1: more likely to offer books of like I have to choose between podcast or book, right? And it's normally like, well, does my client drive in the car a lot? Yeah. Because they're not going to be reading a book if they're driving the car Mm -hmm. a lot. A podcast is a better option, you know? Um, Are they struggling with bad thoughts at night? Then yeah, I'm going to say like, I don't care if you use one of my books, but we're getting you a book for nighttime and you're going to start reading. Like sometimes those are just the recommendations that I give of like, instead of what the book is, I don't care what you're reading. You want to read a love novel? Read a love novel. But you're reading like right. we got to stop spiraling at night so i think that's also important in the whole book
0: right podcast
1: like recommendations and i found
0: that that's been really helpful for my clients who dissociate is talking about and 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 working with them to talk about is this something that's going to work for you or is it not because in some cases reading a book can be a way to bring somebody into the present mm-hmm. In other ways, for other people, reading a book can be a way of like, the words are swimming on the page and I'm now feeling like I'm reading the same sentence over and over and now I'm really distressed, but like it can be a distressing experience. So knowing what works for our clients is important in having that conversation. And I think like even with the podcasts, like if you have a busy mom on your schedule, like maybe audiobooks or audio content is like the only way. They can listen, yeah. If they spend all their time on TikTok Maybe you have time for a podcast mm-hmm. or you have time for an audiobook. Like, if you enjoy that stimulation, or maybe it's sending you TED Talks or it's sending you YouTube clips or like that visual. And I haven't done that quite as much, but, or even just like making recommendations of like TikTok creators. Or, like, I know. You should go talk to, you should go I this to I hate to do it, but I know. It
1: is so amazing sometimes of like, there's
0: helpful resources on there. It,
1: they really, there is. And then it's like, there's some you just gotta really be careful about.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like, it's a dark it's a dark hole, TikTok. I mean, social media and our phones in general are a dark hole, especially when it comes to like dissociation.
1: I find myself in the following more than the for you lately. okay and it's much safer there sure because you've chose those people to be there (laughs) and I think people forget about that like those are the safe places you chose those people on there like you're not going to get some crazy things from left field like right and even just like
0: the nonsense of like you go from like seeing a cute little dog video to bombs blowing up exactly you know that it's like you you can regulate a little like I know I only follow cooking channels or whatever it is right correct um so that you had mentioned earlier with books, like knowing your clients, knowing when to recommend, what to recommend, how they're going to receive it, the type of content they're going to receive. But you had also briefly like slid in their like respective property. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting thing, especially when it comes to like private practice, because obviously prior to owning my own practice, I was making like a shit salary and not you didn't have extra funds for even myself. Um, And so now I've come into a place where I will oftentimes purchase duplicates and like gift them to clients to be like, you annotate it, you bookmark it all up, you do your thing. Um, So I often have set like second copies. However, there are some books that I don't have second copies of and have lent out books and not uh, gotten them back. (laughs) I've heard this <laughs> or they've before. come back in bad condition <laughs> and I'm yes. like oh and not just like not just not preferred like I'm I'm not being picky about my books but it's more like they come back and there's like a page missing or it's like got scribbles on it or whatever and so currently I'm missing a book and I've just marked it off as a loss but it's <laughs> <laughs> still
1: the same book I've always it's the same book about. it's yep. been uh-huh. missing for a few months
0: now yeah. um and it's it's tough because it's something that i want to be able to offer my clients i want to be able to be generous and like be able to say like here's a copy of this book or here's my copy of this book and lend it out to people and hope that that will come back in return yes but it and then now i'm jumping around but it made me you had asked me if my clients read and there are a couple of people who i work with who i get a feel like they really respect Yes. books like they love books they respect them and so I know that like it's I'm sending it off into good hands and then there are other people where it's for whatever reason like a little bit of a gamble I'm like sending it off in good faith and hoping for the best but who knows maybe their dog eats it maybe their kid collars yeah. all over accidents it. happen accidents happen, happen. accidents I
1: happen. had one client that dropped his my uh the body keeps a score right in a puddle oh no while he was walking <laughs> into work Oh. He felt so bad. He like didn't come to therapy for two weeks because oh. he didn't know how to tell me. Yeah, and I was
0: like, Yeah, maybe
1: I should put out a disclaimer when I give it. Like, if something happens to this book, it is okay. Just like, let me know. Yeah, let right. me know. Will be easier that right. way. Like, right. So I think, yeah, that's yes. rough. Though. And
0: that's well, and that's kind of like what has interestingly happened in this case. I won't get too too specific, but the book went out and it was misused it was borrowed so it was like borrowed from a borrow (laughs) um and they felt really bad also did not want to tell me and kind of avoided me for a little bit and then I was like so what's been going on and they came out with it and I wasn't. I'm. I'm not mad. It's I really. It's like. It's not a big deal. It's okay. I'm glad that whoever else picked it up was like, oh, this looks interesting," and yes. was also get like that to me is like, okay, I'm spreading information and helping other people even vicariously. But
1: let's talk about why but you won't I just, get just it tell me
0: back, please. Yes.
1: Like, like, what <laughs> yeah. are we doing? Like, right. Maybe you should come in and therapeutically, we should talk about why you're so upset that you are possibly gonna be like, right. we're possibly gonna be upset with you. Right. Like, where did that come right. from?
0: Like where, right? Where do you and like that self punishment of like yeah. I'm not punishing you. I'm not angry with you. I'm maybe oh, sure maybe I'm a little sad, yeah. <laughs> but like it's not a big it's not a big deal. We're not gonna cry over spilt milk. Like it it's okay. Yeah, things happen. And then at the same time, there's like this conversation in I like then kind of put on this like private practice hat of like boundaries and like really struggling because I don't think I have the answer where it's like am I in a financial position frankly where I can loan out these books and like take the gamble of like whether I will get them back or I won't get them back am I in a financial position where I should be buying duplicate copies of every book that I have and lending them out that way yeah <laughs> and just like gifting these books to all of my clients which could get rather expensive I imagine yeah. um or is there a is there a point at which we sit down with our clients if something happens to one of our books or like a piece of property that we have what my answer to that and i've been like sitting on it for a couple of months as i've been sitting with this like book that's just been missing off my shelf i'm like where do i go with that yeah. honestly i'm curious here
1: i'm a person that just like counts off losses loss. yeah. yeah yeah but i've had it like i had a client the one that dropped it in the puddle he brought back my copy and now it's like a little it's a bit well like loved wavy you know <laughs> But he bought me another one without me even asking. Okay. And I said to him, I go, I don't want this, keep it. Yeah. And so he brought back my original copy and this one. He took the wavy one and he left me with the new one, which I was like, that's sure. very nice of you. I didn't even ask for that. Yeah. I think if it's a repeat
0: offender. Sure.
1: Maybe I would ask for reimbursement.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's I ultimately where I think I lean – is that it comes down to just the risk that I take. Yeah. That like if I really am protective of my materials, then I need to be having second copies or build it into my spending allowance to be able to afford to buy copies. And again, we're talking like, what, fourteen ninety nine here and mm-hmm. there? Like it's not an outrageous expense. It's something that I feel like I can manage. But I think for myself, there's just like, it was a lesson learned. And now I need to rethink like, okay, how am I actually approaching like lending out I agree. material to people?
1: Well, podcasts are much yeah. safer.
0: And also I think to some degree too, like, yes, podcasts are much safer. But I think too, like with lending out that material, like the, the extra bummer to that wasn't just that my book was missing or like not usable, but the fact that I then can't lend it out to anybody else that like if I lend it out to somebody for two weeks and just say oh I have this book in mind I'm like waiting to get it back like I'll get it back to you in a few weeks but also that also puts a pressure on people to like finish it I was gonna say that's a good topic I'm just gonna buy people books yeah
1: (laughs) but that's also a good topic is like do you say like if you're not doing the therapy book club type way how do you know when to get that book back right how do we know that person didn't forget about that book fully right like so now you have to be like hey have you been reading the book Right. and then it's like are they going to get shame around that like right so I does it there are right. there's therapeutic things we could do around this it's kind yeah. of like a good inkling but like at the same time it's like you kind of run that risk of they might just forget about it fully right
0: and is it almost better not that we should be like putting ourselves financially into a hole like really it's a, a personal decision but but should we be then just giving our clients the ease and the like ability to just take something with like a grain of salt essentially like I'm lending you this book there's no pressure I think it would be really awesome if you read it I'm not lending it to I'm giving it to you I think it'd be awesome if you read it it's a really great read here you go and then it's just so hard because then there are other clients where I know that like if I told them to buy like a five thousand dollar book and it was going to change their life they'd be like okay yeah and they'd buy it on Amazon the next day like so it's such a gamble of like where where to do that and like is there an ethical consideration i don't have the answer to this but is there an ethical consideration with that of like some clients recommending that they buy it versus like being like no i'm gonna gift this to you because i know that maybe you lack resources or is that just like a personal judgment
1: i think that's always been a personal judgment for me um i if i even if i know they can afford it if i'm like do you wanna borrow this book or do you wanna buy it? Like sometimes I give them sure. that option. I'm like, I could just send you the Amazon link instead if that feels more comfortable to you. Because sure. some people don't like taking your property. Right. Some people don't like taking gifts. Some cause you right. talk ethically, you're not supposed to receive gifts or give gifts. Right. I had a client um bring me, we talk a lot about um David Goggins. I don't know if you oh, know him. I'm no. um, me and my clients some of me and my clients like we're we're <laughs> both like Athletes from sure. you know the past and like so we talk about more like intense humans and he's one of them so I'm not saying David Goggins is a great person sure. um, or a or good or bad. Um, he bought me the books for my birthday mm. and so now I'm like I'm not supposed to take this right? In my brain I said so I'm gonna leave these at work. Yeah. This is gonna be my my book at work i'm going to read when i have you know sure. moments i go so when you see it here don't think i'm not looking at them i said but i'm also going to allow this to be lent out to other clients is mm-hmm. that okay and he was like hell yeah like love that oh i love that so like that made me feel better about taking quote unquote taking sure. a gift um
0: i actually have a book like that sitting on my shelf that yeah. that was like a parting gift from a client she's like oh i thought this like looked like you and like it was like very artistic and like very visually appealing she's like oh I thought this looked like you and so here you go and, and it sits on my bookshelf like any gifts that I get from clients because I am normally open to accepting gifts I know we had an episode on this but um, I will usually display them in some way like this is from a client like yeah <laughs> that there's ways that I'll display it and like that's for them to know that 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 thing in my – like, that they can come into my office and see, like – this is also the boundary oh, like, of, like, I'm wow. not bringing your stuff home. I'm not bringing it home. Yeah. yeah like,
1: that's how I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm I'm better doing that, right? right? But then, like, who are we to be like, here's this book. Bring into your own personal space to remind you about therapy every single day. So it's like yeah. – it, I think that all goes back to the first thing we said of knowing your clients and reading yeah. your clients. Like, knowing who's going to accept this in and who's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like who's ready to soak all that up and like are they in a place where they're going to be taking initiative to like order it? Like they'll just order the first thing you tell them or are (laughs) they a little bit more... The amount of Amazon links I send out is (laughs) aggressive. I love that. I love that. So I feel like there's so much goodness here and we touched on so many different things as far as like even just different resources with clients, like as far as podcasting and audiobooks and visual, audio, whatever, like it's just such a important thing to take in and like integrate into our practices. I think certainly workbooks, which we touched on in the beginning, have their their value, but it's just kind of a different way to think about integrating like these other types of resources and like taking a little bit more of a well, you put it at the beginning like more of a private practice approach versus like an agency approach. Um, That that kind of varies based on the setting that you're in and like where your clients are at.
1: Workbooks, I will always – you know your clients that like to have to-do lists and like to see things getting done. There are clients that will thrive if you hand them a CBT workbook, right? Right. But that goes back to lending too. I have a CBT workbook. I like to look at it sometimes for certain clients. So I'm not buying you a CBT workbook. So so if that client wants it, I'm going to have to either buy you one or you're going to have to buy one. So that is way different than a real book. You know what I mean? Like you're not – you're writing in it. So there is no second handoff. That's your personal information, you know, which is another thing that – something else I want to bring up is notepads. Mm -hmm. I'm big into – to-do lists and a lot of my clients are the ADHD humans love them (laughs) and so like I do have speaking about financially I will go to the paper store and buy some of those notepads oh
0: I love that to be
1: able to give out to clients that just cannot learn how to journal on their own or learn how to to to-do lists on their own Mm -hmm. that is something I will give out and I'm not asking for it back right because you're writing down on it but like teaching people how to do like today's goals weekly goals monthly goals like I get ones that are prompted those are things I will buy and give out though
0: yeah books I
1: I, books I'm like you can return this right right I think that's what my stand is. or you can buy your own if you want if I agree
0: yeah yeah I feel like that's and all of this falls under that umbrella of like how we structure our practices like being your own private practice like business owner like you get to then decide how you want to structure that and what that looks like and I feel like things I, I feel like it's not totally unheard of for like therapists to be giving out journals and like especially at like parting times like I have yeah. I'm pretty sure I have journals from previous therapists who I've terminated with personally like yeah. they've like jotted a little like general I'm pretty sure they did in like every notebook and then we're like just pick one but yeah. I feel like that's something that like we're helping aid them in those tools especially when we know that our clients maybe wouldn't do that for themselves yeah like yeah i should really journal but i don't have a journal it's like okay i could sit here and we could wait for you to maybe take the leap to go get a journal or like but if we know that adhd is getting in the way or neurodivergence is getting in the way and i can alleviate some of that barrier for you yes then like why wouldn't i i agree i love that
1: that's where that ethical stuff comes in Is like Is it ethical or are you taking away a boundary that needs to be taken away? Like, it's like, right. Very. I feel like even books, though, some therapists will be like, I would never hand out my books. Yeah. And that's fine. There is nothing against that. Yeah. You can 100% not hand out your books. Yeah.
0: And then some clients
1: are like, you know, or some clinicians are like, here's all my books I've ever owned in my whole life. (laughs) Here you go.
0: Yeah. It's not bad or good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever we, wherever we have our personal boundaries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just know what is going to be able to let you put your head down at night on your pillow.
0: Yeah. Are you going to be thinking about that one book that you haven't seen in three months?
1: (laughs) Yes, Laura, you are. (laughs) You wanted the answer. there.
0: It haunts me at night. Oh, literally. (laughs) Um, Well, this has been a lovely conversation. And I hope that you all... Um, enjoyed listening. Carson is in for the long haul. She has um, graciously offered her time and her energy and her wonderful brain to us um, in Aida's absence. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have any feedback or if you have any episodes that you'd like us to touch on or talk about, certainly feel free to shoot us an email. We are sincerely to therapists at gmail.com and on Instagram. And just as a little preface, um, if you see a little bit of an absence from us on Instagram, it is just due to the the transition that we're going through. So I appreciate your patience and your time. And until next time, sincerely, sincerely to imperfect, imperfect Therapists. therapists.